Hello and welcome back to the What the Fork Sunland Review Show. The lads continued their good start of the season with a second win on the road thanks to another Ross Seward strike late in first half injury time. I've had a couple of Jack Daniels. I've just got back in from Stoke. I'm very, very happy. My voice has gone a little. You might be able to tell that. So without further ado, I will welcome our guests as we go through another excellent win for Sunland. Brad, first and foremost, I will come to you. Um, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, I'm good, Graham. Um, I'm glad you had a good day. Uh, I've had a couple of beers myself. Unfortunately, I didn't go, but I've had a couple of beers and I'm just waiting for the boxing. But what a, what a good result that was. Um, but I'm sure we'll dive into it. When I've said previously about performances, it wasn't quite there, but we've won on the other. Like We've, we've won from another perspective today, so I'm all in all, mate. I'm happy as out. Ah, me as well, mate. Um, second, first debut performance of the season. It's Dan, social media man for Sunland Central Scottish Sunland Supporters Branch. I think I said that wrong, Dan, but like I said, I've had a few Jack Daniels. Dan, you all right, mate? You good? Yeah, mate, very good. Uh, good to be back, enjoying the start of the season. Uh, no Jack Daniels will be here for me today, unfortunately, but getting drunk on the three points, that'll do me. The way I feel, I feel like just downing a whole bottle of vodka and just absolutely getting on it, um, which is a long while since something's made me feel like that. Um, last but not least, he's back again. We keep letting him come back. I don't know why. Ross Black. Ross, how are you, mate? You okay? How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good, very good. As Brad says, we did it a different way today, didn't we? But we got three points and that's all that matters at the end of it. Yeah, it feels very nice, I've got to say. Um, Brad, I came to you first. So I'll, I'll come to you with the first question as always. As I said in the intro, an, an excellent win on paper. Yeah, maybe not the best first half performance, but I couldn't give a hoot at this moment in time, to be completely honest. How are you feeling about the result, the performance, the the fact that we're fifth in the table after five games, which is a little bit of a nosebleed territory at the minute, but um, how are you feeling about it? Who predicted fifth at the start of the season? It was me, you. wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said at the intro, um, wasn't the best performance in particular first half. I didn't think we were quite at it. I didn't think the shape was suiting us. I thought we were playing their hands quite a lot. Pato had to pull off one or two very good saves, especially one where he's tipped on the roof of the net. Um, and I did say in our group chat that a couple of well, a couple of the changes that were needed at half time, and Alex Neal made them. And it's something that we've said for well since he took over. He's not afraid to change things in game to 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 influence what's happening. And it's certainly done that. And once again, my player that I've always said, who was like one of my favourite players since the day he signed, Corey Evans. Um, I thought he dictated playing like when he came on. Um, I don't know what it is about him. He's turned like prime Perlo. Um, and he, he's popping up with a few 30-yard efforts on the volley, isn't he? I think he's done that one per game. And one of them's bound to go in. And when that happens, mate, you might see me on the pitch at the stage of my life. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, first half, like I said, wasn't great, but we've got a goal at the perfect time. And that, uh, I mean, it doesn't change our team talk necessarily, but it changes theirs. It changes the atmosphere on the ground. They're all moans and groans and we're on the up and everyone's buzzing, to be honest. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a great result and we've done it the other way rather than playing well and not like not winning, dropping points. We haven't played particularly great and we came away with three points and that's great to see. And, um, you talk about the perfect time to score. It's not just the perfect time to score in the game, it's the perfect time to score for an away end because that um, that concourse was absolutely bouncing with Belinda Carlisle like, <laughs> at the half time. It was absolutely class. Uh, it was 
there's a good away end today. And I think there'll be good away ends all season from what I've been told. Obviously, my first of the season, but it was a bloody good away end. Um, Dan, I'll, I'll come to you next to the next one. Um, as sort of Brad touching it before, we, we weren't really at the races in the first half, we've got to be honest, but we've won. What was it that impressed you most about the performance as opposed to, you know, the negative of maybe the fact that we weren't playing too well in the first half? Um, yeah, I think it was just that ability to get, get the goal without playing well, but then this has been around in the second half and just playing a bit more solidly and a bit more... Uh, I don't know, I think the goal just woke them up, even though they had then the full half time to kind of not kind of carry, carry the momentum through. I think it kind of just shook their heads a little bit because what I didn't really like in the first half, we just seemed to kind of be a bit weak and a bit slow and a bit naive a lot as well, which, you know, it just seems to be off the pace and not what you'd expect from Alex Neils, even if we're not producing chances and chances with normally those three things you can normally rely on. But yeah, I think what impressed me, like I said, the goal kind of came out of nowhere. It's a great ball and a decent finish, maybe I'll keep it better, but it was then just where they came back out in the second half and played like they should have done from the first whistle, but you know, kind of stepped up a bit and whether that was, you know, well, it probably was, you know, Corey Emmons coming on and stuff like that. Um, I think it was just the what impressed me was the just the kind of the attitude of them, which as as we know from the time that Neil's been in charge, the attitude hasn't really been a question at all. So um just the ability to get going and, and the, the the resoluteness. I mean, first clean sheet, isn't it, I think, of the season. So uh, it's about time we got that in. So and the fact that yeah, we weren't the best team in the first half by any stretch, but at the same time we weren't really under that much pressure in terms of chances from them. So um, to keep that clean sheet is a, is, a, is a kind of that's the biggest thing I'm taking away. You know, straight after the three points, well, obviously. So, right, so just the kind of game of two hours type thing was probably the impressive thing for me. Yeah, and I think it's probably the probably the way the championship is. I think we fully deserved three points last week, and then we didn't because a goalkeeper scored a loop and header, and this scored a twenty five yard free kick. But um, this week. I think we deserve to win, got to be honest, but obviously it's probably the weakest performance we've put in. Um, but I thought the second half performance was really, really good. Ross, there's a there's a player that, um, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't say I haven't rated because he's very, very young and I was aware that he had time to grow into the position that he's in. Um, but I actually really like him and he's proven me totally wrong. I love it. Uh, Dennis Serkin was outstanding today. I don't think I've met anyone who thinks Dennis Serkin wasn't the best player on the park today. He was tremendous. Um, how impressive has he been for you this season and, and the fact that it's his first championship season, Ross? Yeah, I think from even the back end of last season in the playoffs, he was tremendous as well. Um, and he's just he's just seen a step at up a level since the summer. I think he's I think he's actually bulked up a bit. I know obviously he's grown at the age, but I think physically he looks a lot more impressive. And on, to be fair, I think out of all the young players we've got, You'd argue he's the one who settled the most, along with Patterson. He just looked like he's played championship football for years. And Alex Neal even said in his post-match interview today that he was by far the best player on the pitch. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that. I think defensively, he's a lot more aware of his surroundings now. I think the back three helps him because I don't think he's as dynamic as fullbacks are expected to be these days. However, defensively, he's been fantastic and he can still bring the ball out and he looks very composed on the ball. But so far this season, you'd say, to be fair, I was a bit worried. I was thinking, oh, we might need another left-back or a left-sided centre-back, you know. I don't know if he's going to settle, but he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet now. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. And, and I think up until maybe... April last season, I wasn't 100% convinced. I thought he looked like he shirked tackles and that now and again. But today, he put, 
I can't remember he put the tackle in on, but he thundered into a tackle. And he won the ball, which is a good hard tackle, but the lad was down for Delap. a bit. Was it the lap? Wait, fair enough. Serves Mike for being worried up, son. Um, Brad, we were talking sort of off-air about Sirkin as well. I think we'd both spoken last season, maybe not the back end last season because he did improve, but I think like maybe under Johnson and that and saying we weren't 100% sure on Sirkin. Tell you what, he, he shut us both up with not just his performance today, his performance this, this season, Brad, because he's turning into a really good left-sided centre-half, isn't he, that, in, the, in that back three? Yeah, Um the less said about players I slated last season, the better, to be honest with you. Because it make me look like right mugs. The thing with Sirkin that's really impressing me as well is he's naturally a left-back or maybe he's a left-wing-back. Or we were meant to be playing him as, like, adapting him to be a left-wing-back. He's slotted in that left-centre-half role. Like, he's been playing there for, like, years on years. Not like it's his first season in the Championship or his second season in professional football. For me, it looks like he's been playing there for years. Um, and... He's also one player that I think if the worst happens and we do get an injury in the left wing-back role later, Jack Clark, he could slot in there as well because he does look good bringing the ball out. And there was a lot of times today you're seeing where he was stepping out with the ball and he was maybe knocking it inside, to, I don't know, like a Matete or Corey Evans or even a Ross Stewart. And they were giving it to Jack Clark who then had about 15 yards of space because he'd occupied their right winger that well. Um, so, yeah, I mean... We weren't sorting last year. I don't know if that was because it's his first season. He was burnt out. He had a lot of things going on and pretty much made it for a lot of the season. He was our only out-and-out left-back. So he got to come in the same category as like your Dan Neals and your Callum Doyles. That was literally playing every game when he could. And it's just shown how good he is when he's got that man management as well. Because I think Alex Neal, if you watch him, um, I've seen it in particular at home games. When he's on the side where Alex Neal stood, Alex Neal's always taught him and Dennis Serkin's taking it in. And it, it, it just shows how good the relationship between them is as well. So, yeah, I mean, Serkin today was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like I said, Corey Evans came on changed the game and he made us look more composed and more settled. But it was a full 90 minutes, even the first half when we were the cross. Dennis Serkin was outstanding. And if, if, if he plays like that all season... Yeah. What will he be worth, or how far can he go with this club? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to qualms him at all. I think um, one of the players who, I, I mean, obviously, I think um, Corey Evans came on and, and did really well. And Corey's been great this season. He's been great since pretty much Alex Neal's come in, if we're honest, and you can see what he offers. And I've said this loads of times it's great when players prove you wrong because it's normally you only have a strong opinion if you think the player's not quite good enough. And and he's him and Sirkin have both proved me completely wrong. And I thought it was excellent today when he came on Evans. But what I quite liked was the fact that I thought, I know he was on a yellow card and I know he got took off at half-time, Matete. But I thought Matete was all right today. I think it was a case of the, the referee was absolutely card-happy. I know people disagree with me on that, but I thought he was all right. But but Dan, I was looking through the squad and I was thinking about Matete and I was thinking about what did I think about his performance in the first 45? Was he just took off for a yellow? And I'm thinking, can he get better? Is there stuff in there? And there's the stuff I like about Matete's game that I don't, I think some other people maybe don't see or don't agree, but we've touched on a few players there. We've mentioned Sirkin at a, an extent, we mentioned Patterson early on with the saves he made. Um, O'Neill was in centre-half for the first 45 today. Um, Ross Stewart, Ellis Sims, Jay Matete. There's a bunch of players I've just mentioned today that played in that squad that have only played maximum five championship games. How impressed have you been by the players, them, such as them that I've mentioned and the other ones that I probably missed out and how well they've taken to this league so quickly. Yeah, very impressed. Yeah, 
Um, I think uh, you can't look much further than Alex Neil for that. Like I say, there's not many in that team that have got championship experience and the fact that we've not looked out of depth at all in any of the games that we've played and we've been up against, you know, some season championship teams. So um, it's very impressive that the way we've adapted to it and, you, you know, you put that down to obviously squad, uh, the, the team bonding, obviously the momentum from the playoffs presumably coming through. And uh, this, this on a high, the team hasn't changed that much, um, rightly or wrongly, but as I say at the minute, rightly, because they are all playing, stepping up, and even Danny Bart, to be honest, you know, you talk about the players who haven't got the Champions experience, but then the players who have got it have kind of come up a level as well. You know, I've been really impressed with him. And you'd like to think that he's kind of helping people get through the games as well. Uh, and Corey Evans, as you said, the, the two who've probably got the most Champions experience in the squad uh, are bringing the, the, the younger lads or the less experienced lads through. And the, every game we've got is, as we can see, it's a squad game. Like, look at today, no one really played more than six or seven out of ten, but everyone was a six or seven out of ten. You know, it was a good kind of in deep team performance so yeah, you've got to put your hats off to them like I say it's, it's, it is a step up the quality is a step up and we are playing teams that you would normally expect in the top half top six of the championship and like I say other than small periods of some games we've not been out of it at all so uh, all credit to them uh, and hopefully the all group that we've got now with a few more people with experience and even the ones that haven't if we bring in players who haven't got experience you've, you're kind of confident that the lads who are there now by the time they get half the season under the belt or, or less than, then they can pull everyone together uh, in terms of just the kind of teamwork and the, the, the matching of the oppositions. You know, we're not going to win every game, but we're competing. We're competing. And that's the main thing. So, yeah, very impressive. Absolutely. And I think, you know, times, it's buts, maybe, right? You can't change it. We did concede against QPR. We did concede against Coventry. But sounds a couple of minutes. <laughs> we might be top of the league. And I think we're, I think we use a lot of the time of, um, being established and um, competing. And, and that's kind of what we want, you know? Like, I don't think anyone would love the playoffs. That'd be amazing, but I don't think anyone's really expecting it, like, in truth, um, or anything like that. We just want to be, like, uh, 15th or whatever. Most people feel like that. But it feels like Alex Neal's not content with that, and that that feels really good. Um, Brad's already said fifth, so I'm saying we're not expecting players. Brad's been expecting it since summer, and so far he's the one that's right, which makes a change from last season. Um, in reference to one player, Ross, I've got to come on to another goal for Ross Stewart. I, I don't need to tell anyone that's listening to this why Ross Stewart is the best on earth. I don't need to tell anyone that. Um, he just is brilliant, and that's three and five for him now. I think we all said, Ross, collectively, as a fan base, I don't know anyone who didn't go, oh, I'm not sure if Ross Stewart will step up to the championship. I feel like, for once, we all agreed on one thing, we we thought he would, but he actually looks better than I thought he might do. I thought he'd cope well and score about 15 goals. He's on three already. I'm a bit like, could he maybe get 20? The big question for me is, how important, Ross, is it that he gets that new contract signed and we give him a hundred thousand pounds a week. A hundred thousand, a hundred thousand pound a week, maybe a bit too much, but you've got to give him a new deal. Um, last season he was brilliant. He had he had a few spells where he wasn't getting the goals, but he was still contributing to the team. Um, but this year he looks better. He he, he he honestly he looks better. I don't know if the step ups made him, you know, think realize he's got to step up, or I think having Ellis Sims beside him really helps because he does he does a lot of dirty work, but he just looks so composed. I think his link-up play is getting even better. Look at that assist for Gooch the other night. Um, and the confidence he had just to get him behind. Great ball in by Clark, but 
you, I, I think you knew when he was in, you like you're thinking like, oh, this is it. Like when you, you see the miss at the end, they put it wide. Everyone's expecting the net to bulge whenever he's got that, them opportunities. And I just think he's like you say, he's getting better. He looks fitter. He looks more. I don't know what it is. Like you say, he's linked up play. He looks a lot more aware of his, the players around him and the system we're playing. And I think he's got clarity from Alex Neal that, look, you're my main man. You're going to be me, me tops. You're our number one striker. And I think, like you say, the contract situation, we've got to get it done because if not, you can you look at the money, the likes of Forrest and all that. They'll look at, If he keeps scoring the way he is, they'll take a gamble because how good he's getting he could go even higher. You know what I mean? They're thinking, well, if he can score at this level, why can't he have a go? And we think we're bought him for three hundred thousand pounds. Absolute bargain. It's mad that we sent him for that cheap. But I think I said on the show last year that I felt like he could be maybe a a Kiefer Moore kind of player. Where I said I watched Kiefer Moore for Barnsley years ago when we beat them four two, and he just looked a handful, and he just looked above the League One level, and I always felt like. Roscoe was like that and he would make the step up in the same way. Obviously, Kiefer Moore is in the Premier League at the moment. We don't know if he's going to succeed in the Premier League, Kiefer Moore. You wouldn't bet against him with his career trajectory that he's had. And the fact he's obviously really important for Wales, who now qualify for tournaments and whatnot, and are quite a handy little side. Um, but I honestly think potentially Roscoe is better than someone like that because he's got more to his game than just being a lump. Um, don't know if he's... Premier League striker, I don't know yet. It's only five games and I need to see that over the whole season. But um, and I'm not gonna say that because I don't I don't know. But on the first five games, he looks like a really, really good championship striker, not just a good championship striker. Um, it's really hard to pick his faults. Like wh- when he was going through on goal today, I'm telling there's not one person in that way, and I thought he was missing it. And I know the keeper maybe could have done better. I know he got his hand to it, but honestly, nobody thought he wouldn't get that on target and put it in. And everyone was quite shocked when he like rounded the keeper and put it inches wide because you're just expecting him at the bulge when he gets onto it. And we haven't had the strike like that since Jermaine Defoe first time around, maybe. Or Josh Madger, maybe, in the first season in League One. Um, and obviously, I, I rate him a lot higher than Josh Madger. Um, he scored more championship goals than Josh Madger already has. And I think Josh Madger's played considerably more games for Stoke and a couple of games for us as well. Um I like to pick negatives occasionally, you know, for a bit of balance. It's it's kind of hard, though, to be honest. But um, a sort of half negative, Brad, was that we give a bit of, I wouldn't say stick, but we, we said we felt Alex Neal might have got it wrong last week with these substitutions. We've kind of touched on it already. He made the two subs today, brought Bailey Wright on, who I thought was tremendous. Some of his block tackles were unbelievable. Um, and the fact he was on a yellow card five minutes after coming on, he was so disciplined and still putting those tackle things was excellent. And obviously brought on um, Corey Evans, who we've sort of touched on already. I felt he got it right today. I think it, it takes some balls to make the decision to bring on two subs at half time. I know he can make five subs now, but like it's still an unusual thing to bring on two subs when you've just scored dot and half time. You would even maybe say you know another five minutes. But I thought you got it absolutely spot on, Brad. And how many times out of the twenty odd games Alex Neal's been in charge of, we said I think Alex Neal got his subs right. I know we keep saying this. But how much of a difference has Alex Neal made to something, Brad? It's made a massive difference, mate. Um, when you're talking about negatives, the only thing I could say is I've been a big believer if someone's fit enough to be on the bench, they're fit enough to start. <clears throat> so I was quite surprised for Evans not to start, if I'm honest with you. Um, but yeah, his in-game management, again, has once again proven to be absolutely spot on. I literally, you can't fault it. 
you touched on Bailey Wright getting the yellow card early in the second half. And Alex Neal said the reason he brought made his changes because we had quite a few yellows in the first, and he couldn't risk going down to ten men. So when Bailey got a yellow, you were sort of like, oh, you know, because the lap first half he he did tear oh nine a new one, especially with his pace and his strength. And I think that's what it was, it was more of a tactical one. Maybe he's let Bailey Wright come up against him with a bit more experience. Um, when he got his yellow, I was like, oh, shit. But then after that, he was absolutely tremendous. So once again, yeah, you need to give full credit to Alex Neal. Um, he's made the changes at the right time. When, like you said, some people might say, oh, give it 10 minutes, we've just scored. But then, like, you look at the playoffs, we were all screaming for a substitution, like the 70th, 75th, 80th minute, and he persevered and it paid off. And once again, today it has paid off for the time where he's done his subs. I think he's only got it wrong once this season. That was QPR. Well, once he's got it wrong since he took over, and that was QPR. Um, so yeah, you're taking the negative and trying to put it like it automatically turns to a positive. How quickly like, he gets it right, and yeah, it's it's great, mate. I've got full, I've got every confidence with Alex Neal at the helm. As long as we back him and get the players in that he needs. He will finish us in the top six. I think he's. I think he's a superb manager. I don't know if I'll, we'll finish top six, but I'm, I'm happy. With, I'm so happy with him. It just feels like there's like a progression and a trajectory, and that's all we've wanted for ages. Um, I think when it comes to, to Alex Neal's press conferences, I've never ever like almost set myself reminders for managers' press conferences. Not even like Sam Allardyce. I, mean, I can't remember if we did them back in the day, but I never go like, oh, I wonder what he said in a press conference. Alex Neal, I always do. And I've got to be honest. Um, I don't know whether you watched it, guys, or not, or Dan or, or Ross or, or Brad, but I'm so sad that when he was like, who's Bradley Wright, mate? Like, to that journalist that the, the press conference cut off because I would have loved to see more of it because he's just, he's just, he's a manager that I said for ages, you just need someone who's a straight talker in Sunderland and tactically quite good. It's actually, we don't actually want that much from a manager. Can you set a team up? Do you think about what you're actually doing? Do you talk a straight game? Oh, brilliant. Throughout my generations of support in Sunderland, which is coming up 36 years, unfortunately, um, that's the managers that have worked for Sunderland. Dan, in terms of the next games that are coming up, um, we felt that it was a pretty tough start of the season. I mean, Coventry at home, promotion, our playoff chasing team. Bristol City, yeah, easier game away from home. Um, nonetheless, QPR, promotion, our playoff chasing team. Sheffield United, one of the favourites to go up. Stoke away is never an easy game. We've come through that with one defeat, and that was with 10 men. Um, we can't go into Norwich at home, Middlesbrough away, Rotherham at home, and Millwall at home, fearing any of them, can we? Not with the, the form that we're on or the other performances that we've shown so far. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like we, we, what we're doing anyone, and that it comes back to, as we've just been talking there, because of Alex Neal and because of the no nonsense, just straight talk on the ears, he'll be saying that to them. He'll be saying to them, look, look at the games they've played. Not been out of them. We've only lost one against you know one of the better teams in the division, but even that, you know, ten men, only one goal in it. So I think that's exactly what we're saying, and and I think the players on all that, the fans on all that, which makes a big difference because it's it's different to last year where not that we should have been fearing everyone last year, but the the fear was getting beat by teams that we shouldn't be getting beat by. Now there should be there should be no fear either way, and especially at the minute you know not even Norwich next week. Okay, one of the favourites, but again you know they've not looked like world beaters since they've started off uh, the start of the season so it's and it's it, it just comes back into the 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 feeling around the team and as I said before about the kind of cohesiveness and that so everyone's got each other's back everyone knows what the job is everyone knows what the practice are it doesn't really matter who they're playing against whether it's you know 
Country, Sheffield United, Norwich, Middlesbrough, whoever it is. Um, I think they just go out and they just play their game the same way and, and match up to the other, the other team where they need to. Um, so yeah, I'd imagine the, the lads look, the performances will just continue at the same level that they're at. The results you know, might vary here or there, but the performances won't. Uh, and that's, you know, it's highly important at, the, at this kind of start of the season while they're kind of still getting through the, 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 the transition period. But like you said earlier, the transition period's kind of come and gone relatively quickly and, and easily. So absolutely no reason they should be fearing anyone in this in this division uh, at all or at all sorry, now or at all throughout the season. So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few games and seeing how the lads can kind of just keep pushing on and seeing what they what they can do against those teams. Yeah, I've got I've got no fear against Norwich. Um I'm not saying we're gonna win the game. We could quite easily get turned over and but I, I feel like we'll be in the game and I think the thing you touched on Alex Neely so you think it all comes down to Alex Neal. It does it really does. I love the players on the pitch, which is really nice to say. Like, I'm in love with Roscoe. Like, I've just got to be honest with you. I just love him. Speaking of Roscoe, what I will say is Dave hasn't been on this season. Um, I can't wait for Dave's comeback and let Dave speak for 25 minutes about Roscoe's start of the season. Because I bet you we can't shut him up, even if we put him on mute, about how good Roscoe's been this season. I just can't wait to hear Dave come back and, and just speak for a minute, like, like non-stop about Ross Stewart. I do miss Dave. I do miss Dave. He will be back. Dave Lovins fans, like I said, he will be back. Um, Ross, we've got a few more minutes left. Um, game's coming up. The long story short about the Stoke game is class, not that great in first half, but we scored nonetheless. Everything's amazing. We're going to get promoted and win everything forevermore. Uh, at least that's how it feels at the moment. Um, but it looks like, um, as we were kind of just recording this, I haven't had a massive amount of ability to look at who John Claude Van Damme is, who was signing from um, <laughs> and Brighton or somewhere like that. But apparently he's quite good. And I think you were saying, Ross, just before we came on, you know a little bit more than I do. I've, I've just put it, I've just called him John Claude Van Damme. That's about as much as I know. John Paul Van Decker. What do you know about him? And is it a good signing from what you're aware of? Van Heck Van is Heck. the guy. Um, I not, not so, deck, not like an, oh no, no, I thought it was like an, <laughs> but I he's played over 30 games in the championship for Blackburn last season. He got their player of the season, went to Brighton. All the Brighton fans thought, Oh, he's going to be part of our team this season. They've then signed Colwell, who was at Huddersfield from Chelsea on loan. And it looks like he's a plus to go out on another loan and sign a new deal, so it protects their investment in him. When we get him for a season, he can play. He played in the back three at the centre or the right hand side, so he's ready made for us. Really, we couldn't. He suits the model, um, and I think when you look at how good Serkin's doing, Jack Clark, Stewart, alongside the experienced guys such as Bart, Evans, Pritchard, you've just got to really appreciate how much more organised we are as a recruitment side of the club now like Stuart Harvey's name doesn't get mentioned much but I know Speakman brought him in but he's really recruited well I think to suit the model I know numbers are a bit low at the minute but I'm sure Alex Nail will get what he deserves because he's earned the trust from those in charge and I think everyone keeps getting these players like another one as well I mentioned we've been a bit impatient including myself like one players in he's probably won that wasn't available until this week and they've realised they've got the cover at the back. So I think it's a it sounds like a good deal. I think there'll be more to come. He's said for the last three weeks he wants four or five in. 
think we might see a couple out as well to even things. But I think, like you said, that one's came out of the blue today. Blackburn fans thought you'd go to a team like Sheffield United who were challenging for the league. Um, so it's definitely a, a good sign. And he's, I think he's a ready-made replacement, for unfortunately, for Luke 9 who, by all accounts, had a tough game today. But he will have something to do with the squad. But if we, if we, were, we are looking to really be solid at the back and keep make sure that today is not the only clean sheet we keep this season. We do need to strengthen there and he can cover Danny Bart's position as well at the centre if needed. And he just adds that more solidity and more experience whilst also having that youthful exuberance because he's meant to go on some great runs out from the back, which I'm looking forward to seeing. And hopefully he's in place for Norwich on Saturday and a couple more. I think if we get a couple more signings, I think early kickoff on Sky, I think the players will be absolutely jumping. I, I think so as well. I love how much um, research I put into my shows normally and I've just showed everyone how much research I didn't put into this one by calling them John Paul Van Decker after doing that hilarious joke by calling them Jean-Claude Van Damme, which was not that funny at all. Um, but he, he does look decent. He's played 28 games for Heronveen as well in the Eredivisie SC there as well, which, you know, I, I, I don't know much about the Dutch league, but I'm assuming it's decent. Like, I'm assuming it's like, at the very least, the middle part of it's maybe on par with like the championship. Obviously, the higher end, your IX is you well. I watched PSV the other night and they were they were really good, so it's maybe even a, a higher level. Um, obviously, Heronveen being not one of the top teams, but he's obviously went there and played on a regular basis. Um, I think all in all, a really positive weekend again, and it's felt like every review show we've done, even though we've only won two and five, has been incredibly positive. Um, and that feeling can only continue. I've got to be honest and say it was great um, being at the game today. It was fab. Because a lot of the time it felt like when you won in League One, it was like you breathed a sigh of relief, like Oof, that was not a banana skin, thank God. And then the next one, you were kind of like, please don't be a banana skin. And then we get the banana skin and you'd be like, oh. this was like, I can't remember touching it before. It was you, Dan, the pressure's off. Um, the pressure's off here, like, we're not expected to go up. We're not expected to even challenge to go up. So every game's like almost like not a free hit because I think we're expected to compete a little bit. But there's no huge pressure on our shoulders. We can just like express ourselves and play the way Alex Neil wants us to play. And um, it's great. It's an absolute pleasure doing stuff like this at the minute. Um, back in a league that is, I still don't think it's quite big enough for us because I, of course, am biased and think we're a Premier League team and everything but name. Um but it's nice being a league that is competitive and is full of good, solid outfits. And we're going there and we're competing with them and sometimes beating them, which is fab. So so onwards to Norwich. But um, lads, I can't think, I don't think I've done as positive. I don't think I was this positive after Wembley. I don't know what's going on with me here. But um, Ross, Dan, Brad, thanks very much for, for joining me. Obviously, we'll be back for Norwich next week. We're going to try and aim for Saturday night recordings and Sunday night uh, sorry, Sunday morning releases. Hopefully people quite like that. It gives you something to listen to with your morning coffee. But as always, if you don't want to listen to this with your morning coffee and you think this is a horrendous podcast, it's completely fine as long as you get behind the lads on a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, but thanks very much, lads. Thanks very much. Cheers, Graham. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Graham. Thanks.